Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's Physics Central podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. If you look at a bicycle made today and compare it to one built 100 years ago, it might seem like not much has changed. While the frames look the same, what they're made of has changed a lot. Over the last century, many new materials have entered the market, but so have a whole bunch of myths about them. You know, there is a lot of material science behind what bikes are made of, but it's gotten mixed up with a whole bunch of mistaken folklore. Today, we're going to use some physics to tell fact from fiction. First, though, some background. What are bikes today made of? They use a variety of different types of metals, including aluminums, uh, various steels, including uh, regular steels and stainless steels, as well as some titanium, and some exotic items such as bamboo and um, carbon fiber. This is Wade Barossi from the Acel Corporation, a company that manufactures metal tubes used to build bicycle frames. I wanted to ask him this question I've had about the material science of bikes. There's this persistent myth that steel bikes will give you a more comfortable ride because the metal is inherently flexible and better at absorbing bumps in the road than other materials. An aluminum bike, it's uh, often said to be um, you know, a, a very rigid kind of frame and, and have a very harsh ride. Is that because of the material itself or the way the bike is constructed? It has to do with the construction and the design and is absolutely not a material characteristic. I was surprised. I had to ask someone else, so I found Thomas Faust, a builder at Blinky Cycles. I asked him why so many people have repeated this myth. Each area of bicycle material is, definitely has cult followings to it, and a lot of it can't even be explained with physical, mechanical properties. It just has a lot to do with personal preference and some sort of connection that people make with it. So in order to smooth out an uneven road, a bike has to absorb the bumps it rolls over. It does this by spreading the force of that bump over time. If a bike frame doesn't flex at all, it's really rigid and stiff, it can't absorb that shock. It'll hit a bump in the pavement, and you'll feel the full force of it transferred to you almost instantly. If the bike is more flexible, the frame's ability to bend absorbs the force of that shock. It feels like less of an impact because the force is transferred over more time. And the catch is that there are lots of parts to a bicycle that flex more than the frame. It's not just dampened or changed by the frame. Everything down to tire size, the amount of pressure that you have in the tire, the rigidity of the wheel, um, and your components have an effect on it too. So the other parts of a bike really do more to absorb the bumps in the ground than the frame itself. Not only that, but there's so many different ways to build a frame that the same material can be engineered to do different things. It's very, it's very application specific. You can achieve most things with, with any of these any of these metals, it's design-based. And you can make an aluminum bike just as good, just as compliant, just as comfortable as a steel bike. You can have a really, really rigid, harsh steel frame as well. It's not a permanently forgiving material. This is really the meat of the myth, that one material has particular inherent properties that other materials can't replicate. You'll be wary of anyone telling you that steel and titanium bikes inherently have a smooth ride, or all aluminum machines are abrasive. These kind of myths are born out of an incomplete understanding of the material properties of these metals. You know, they do each have unique properties and react to pressures and stresses differently, but they do it in a way that you won't notice very much when riding and will probably mostly only see if you crash. Three important structural properties to a material are its stiffness, its yield strength, and its tensile strength. The best way to visualize these properties is to start by imagining bars made out of each of the different materials. One end is clamped to a table, while the other end is sticking out over the edge and someone is pushing down really hard on it. 
Stiffness is how much force you need to flex the bar, but still have it snap back to its original shape. Yield strength, sometimes referred to as hardness, is how much force is needed to permanently bend the bar, and tensile strength is how much force it takes to bend the bar so much that it breaks apart. If there's a notch cut in the bar, then that will cut down on its tensile strength. It, everything's going to fail under a, cer on a certain unreasonable stress. For example, steel tends to be the most forgiving, perhaps the most resilient. It's got a high hardness and a good uh, uh, resistance to, to cracking. Uh, doesn't, it's not notch-sensitive, and when it, if it's going to break, it tends to break very gradually. Aluminum is a bit notch-sensitive, so it can fail unexpectedly, but it's also very light, so it tends to, uh, they tend to overbuild them so you don't have issues. Uh, the, the light weight of aluminum can be competitive even with carbon fiber, which is the lightest generally the lightest, uh, maybe the strongest frame material as a, as a pure material. You can see how a material's properties are built into a bicycle frame. Steel is strong, but heavy, so you'll see very narrow tubes made of less material. Aluminum, on the other hand, is weaker, but much lighter, so the tubes are bigger and thicker to add strength without adding too much weight. Titanium falls somewhere in between. Now, looking at the diameter of a tube is a good way to guess what a bike is made of. Once these materials are shaped into tubes and fused together, though, it's the builder's design that determines how flexy or rigid that finished frame is. It's how the bikes are built that gives them their particular feel, much more so than what they're made of. What with all these different factors, the best way to really see how smoothly a bike rides is to hop on it and take it for a spin. That's all for this week's Physics Central podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening.